Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. seven of decoding Joseph I'm really enjoying this series we are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work money business investing and leadership 
And we are decoding what kind of character Joseph had to overcome his background. And the principal takeaway from where we read about Joseph being betrayed by his family, being betrayed by his brothers, selling him off into slavery as a slave, and him being sold into Egypt as a slave into Potiphar's house, and then going on to read about where he is currently in chapter 39. So for us to read about this person who's been sold into slavery, and all of a sudden we are just reading about the amazing things that he is doing with his life. It is inevitable not to think that there is probably an attitude you can cultivate inside you where your upbringing and past do not define you. In the last three episodes with our guest Tolu, one of the main takeaways was that we need to stay in fellowship with our Heavenly Father. And we see that being exempted by Joseph as well. The scripture says, and the Lord was with him, and the Lord was with him. In the last three episodes, we basically said ideas of breakthrough will only come when we separate and detach from the noise of the world. It's very hard to come up with a solution when you are thinking inside the box. It's very hard for you to come up with solutions to the problems that the world is dealing with when you are, there's a saying um, about, there's a saying about do not, uh, what is it? Come on. Something about the forest and the trees. You basically focus too much on the trees and, and you forget the forest. So a lot of people right now are looking for breakthrough solutions to the problems that our world is dealing with. But the problem is that they are still within the noise environment. You need to step out of the noise. You need to step out of social media. That's what thinking outside of the box means. It means come out from the environment with which you're familiar. Take a few steps back and look at it as a whole. Zoom out. That's where breakthrough ideas come from. You have to separate. You have to detach from the noise of your environment. You can apply this to your relationship as well. You have to step out of the argument that you just had with your spouse, with your boss, with your colleague, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. And you have to examine those statements as from almost like a third party point of view where you say, okay, this is what I say. This is what they said. Where, where, where did we, where did the communication fall? Where, where, where did the issue come from? Breakthrough ideas only come when we separate and detach from the noise of the environment. 
That's why it's very hard to understand people's perspective and opinions when you are so focused on yours. You have to let go of your own opinion and perspective and put it at the center as well, and then step out and look at their opinion. You cannot understand someone else's point of view when you can only see things from your own point of view. You have to detach from the noise. You have to detach from the situation. So we spoke about that, that ideas of breakthrough will only come when we separate and detach from the noise of the world. You have to stay in fellowship with, with, with our Heavenly Father. We have to involve God. We have to invite him into everything we do. And that way we can be guaranteed that he will indeed guide our, our steps. Proverbs 3, 5 says, you know, it, 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 it talks about this a great deal. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You see, from... So, so Joseph clearly exempted this according what, to, to what we can decode and what we read. This concept of trusting in the Lord. I mean, people always use it even when people have a mentor and they go to them or like, a, yeah, basically a coach or a mentor is someone who says, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered doing it this way? That's what scripture here is talking about. It's talking about it here from a spiritual standpoint, but you can apply it in your day to day as well. Yes, I believe if you're a Christian, you need to trust in the Lord in every situation. Basically, you have to invite him into every situation and say, Lord, this is how I'm thinking of approaching this situation. But how would you do it? Is there a better way for me to approach this problem? Is there a better way for me to deal with it? What are your thoughts on this? That's how you trust in the Lord with all your heart and not onto your own understanding. If you make any decision, if you make any movement without taking a few seconds to say, Lord, what's your take on this? This is what I think I should do. But what's your take on this? If you don't do that, you're not acknowledging him in all your ways. Because scripture says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And, and we see this being done to, 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 we see this principle being applied even outside of spiritual context. You know, let's say that's what practice is for. You know, when, when, when teams, you hear about teams uh, saying that they're running through the game, you know, they sit down. They, 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 you, you have teams do this thing called film study, right? They study their opponent and say, okay, this is what they like to do. Or they also go through their plays. In, in essence, that, that's what they're doing. They're not, the, the players on the coaches, the players not the players on the field yes these moments where they have to make a gut decision but for the most times 
success on the field is predicated on success during film study. Players acknowledge what their coaches tell them. They, 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 they look at the film, they study, they, they run through these plays, these scenarios and say, okay, if you're in this situation, this is what we, we think you should do. This is what is most guaranteed to produce a successful outcome. So this happens in the natural world as well. So that's, that's what the same tangent, that's, that's the theme that we're kind of talking about here, that that, that was the, the, the core takeaway for us to recap from the last three episodes with our special guest. But now, I also want us to start looking at some of the other things from this principle takeaway that there's got to be an attitude that we are able to harness within ourselves about not letting our upbringing or our past define us. Because in Genesis 27, we're reading about this guy who's just been betrayed by his family, by his brothers, sold into slavery. But in Genesis chapter 39, uh, we're reading about him and saying, and he says, Joseph was taken into Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders. He was purchased by Potiphar, the Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And then it goes to say, the Lord was with Joseph. Now, scripture tells us that draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. So when we read that the Lord was with Joseph, that means Joseph was with the Lord as well. The Lord doesn't force himself on you. You probably know that by now. So it says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Then he goes to say, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Joseph was using God's playbook. Anyone who's um, listened to sports or is familiar with some sports terminologies, you always hear, let's say in, 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 in American football, you always hear what they call the playbook. The playbook is what contains all the plays. You know, the being laid out, the being structured. So when, when the quarterback gets on the game, gets on the field, he's directing the game from the playbook. He's pulling plays out of the playbook. Well, in life as well, we can pull plays out of God's playbook. You see, the same thing that we do in, in the physical realm, there's a higher, or there's really a higher application in the spiritual realm. Earth is a copy of heaven. That's, that's what you should understand. Natural and physical laws are a copy of already existing spiritual. Uh, natural and physical laws are a copy of spiritual laws. Whatever you see happening in this physical world, there is already an original of it in the heavens, in the spirit realm that you may not see. So successful quarterbacks, they'll tell you in sports that successful quarterbacks have mastered the playbook, right? These are plays that have been designed by the coaching team for them to use. Likewise, 
in this game called life, Joseph was using God's playbook. That's what Proverbs 3, 5 is telling us. It's telling us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This is basically just trying to tell us, listen, when you were going through life, when you were dealing with, you know, the everyday things of life, your business relationships, your romantic relationships, one-on-one -on -one interaction at your office, at the grocery store, all life's transactions and interactions, you can rely on God's playbook. That's what this is talking about, that you don't have to trust in your own, on, lean onto your own understanding because there's a higher realm, there's more advanced plays or there's more guaranteed plays available to you that if you use them, you'll score points. You'll put points on the board. That's what we see being done, let's say, in, in the sports world, right? That if you use this play, chances are that you'll score. You'll put points on the board. That's what Proverbs 3, 5 is telling us that. And that's what we see when we read about Joseph. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. But this is how we know that Joseph was really relying on God's playbook and doing what Proverbs 3, 5 says, because it says, Potiphar noticed this. What did he notice? That the Lord was with Joseph. So Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. And the first thing we also realize that Joseph must have at a certain point made it clear that, that hey, um, you know, he, Potiphar must have noticed that this guy prays, uh, this guy takes time to meditate, um, Maybe this guy gives all credit to God. He gives all glory to God. So Potiphar then must have concluded that the spiritual relationship that Joseph had with this God that he served, his success must have been coming out of that. That that that's 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 what I'm essentially decoding here. Because it's Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Now, the same way in the physical realm, you will notice that a player, a quarterback, you, you know that he's working with a quarterback coach or a quarterback is working with a certain offensive coordinator and the quarterback is being successful, you are going to say, hmm, it must be that the plays, that the offensive coordinator or the coach or whoever this person is working with are enabling this person to succeed, right? I, I think you, you can see where I'm coming from. Now, The Lord was with Joseph. We've already said that 
the Lord is with those people that are with him because scripture says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto thee. Basically, the Lord is saying, come to me and I will come to you. So if the Lord was with Joseph, it also means Joseph was with the Lord. Joseph made contact first with the Lord. Another scripture in Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So at any one time, God's ideas are available to us. God's playbook is available to us. But God just doesn't force his playbook on you. That's why you have a will. Most Christians, most people in the world, uh, uh, they get really puzzled by this thing called willpower. And they say, well, God gave me my own will. Yes, God did give you your own will. Now, you can either completely depend on your will and do whatever you think is right and do whatever you think will get you the results you desire. But there's something called wisdom where you submit your will, your willpower to God's will. Because at the end of the day, God's plans and purposes and decisions and directions are always going to supersede your own decisions based on the information you have. Because you're not omniscient. You're not omnipotent. You're not... Basically, there's more information that God has about the situation than you do. So it's true. You can go ahead and make this decision with your own willpower. And you might have some success. But the point is, there is no success that any human being can ever have. That will be greater than the success God can have for them or God planned for them. If they did not basically yield their decision making or their willpower to God's will. So if you started a business and out of your own integrity and said, I'm not going to depend on God. And we see this happening out there. I mean, there's people who build successful companies and they're not Christian. They don't believe in God, you know. And yes, it's possible that you can be successful to a certain degree. But I'll tell you this. If you were able to come up with an idea or you built a company and you're generating um, $10 million per month. If you put God on that, if you submitted that potential that you are currently performing out of $10 million a month and you put it under the wheel of God, he can take you from $10 million a month to $100 million a month. That's why... Even personally in my own life, I mean, this was unfortunately or fortunately a wake-up call, something that I realized later on in my life after so much hassle and bustle. And it was this, that there's so many good ideas out there. And then you can get to great ideas. But there's something called a God idea there's something called there's something called god strategy 
that's for me, I'm at the point in my life where that's the only realm that I want to operate in because I know that's the highest level of success. That's the highest outcome anyone can achieve. And that is, there's a realm of good ideas, then great ideas, but there's a realm that transcends all that is called a God idea or God strategy. That That's all I'm after right now. So anytime good ideas come up now or even what seems like a good idea, the first thing I go to God, I say, God, is this a God idea or is this just a good idea? And honestly, like if he, if I don't feel like the Lord thinks it's a God idea, it might be disappointing, but I, I just don't move with it. That's kind of become one of my filtering, one of my ways to filter out opportunities and, and what I should pursue is go for the good idea. Because the good idea, even from its inception, is already factoring in what's going to happen 10 years from now. But a good idea might only factor in what the market is saying right now. Right? So you might come up with an idea that works perfectly for, you know, a bear market for an idea that works well for a forecast of inflation maybe for the next two or three years. And, and this is what we saw with a lot of uh, some ideas that came up during the pandemic. They were good ideas. But once people got out of those um, basically restrictions of moving and this and that, some of those ideas could not hold water anymore. That's not to say that, you know, those ideas and, you know, as I say, they're, they're, they are good ideas, but you want to function at the realm or in the realm of a good idea. So that's what we're basically talking about here, that as we go through this thing called life, it's possible for us to tap into God's playbook instead of our own playbook. And that's what we clearly see here with Joseph, because it says, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Then verse 5 goes on to say, From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household, and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. So now we see more of that God favor, hand of God. As soon as Potiphar realizes, says, listen, there's something, there's, there's, there's a special anointing, there's a blessing, something about this guy that everything he's touching right now is turning to gold. I'm just going to put him in charge of everything. And then the moment he did that, it says the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. So now the Lord cranks it up. He just keeps on giving Joseph more plays. 
to do this, do this like this, do this like that, do this like this, do this like that. And this can happen to you in the workplace, whereby you start approaching your work and saying, God, what's your playbook for me today at work? What should I do? How should I do it? And your, your boss will realize this. Your boss will realize this, that there's something that has changed, whereby all the suggestions you're coming up with, all the ideas you're coming up with seem to be producing results at a very fast rate. And, and Potiphar noticed this. And, and, and so he says, so all of his household affairs, he says, from the moment Potiphar put Joseph in charge, says all of his household affairs run smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. Then Potiphar said, listen, I, I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta put this guy in charge of everything. Then it goes on to say in verse six, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Well, the main takeaway that you should have right now is there's a good idea, there's a great idea, there is a God idea. There's my strategy and there is God's strategy. There is my business playbook and there is God's business playbook. There is my investment strategy and there is God's investment strategy. So the fastest way for us to really profit from our labor, from our efforts, from everything we're trying to do is we want to be on, we want to be operating on Proverbs 3, 5 all day, every day. All day, every day, you should be intentional about operating on Proverbs 3, 5. I mean, the moment you get to work, the moment before you begin your day, bring it under the jurisdiction of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you today with every plan that I plan to make, with everything, with all my heart. I will not lean on to my own understanding. I want to acknowledge you in every decision, in every plan, in every play, in every strategy, in every agenda, because I know you will direct my own, you'll direct my paths. That's how you start to just kind of leap over other people. And people are like, man, there's something about this guy, like, you know, or this girl, like whatever they're doing seems to prosper. Man, what, what is it about this person? And it's going to come by us acknowledging Proverbs 3, 5 and saying, man, I don't want to do anything apart from the Lord. I don't want to do anything apart from the Lord. And in fact, there's another, there's another scripture that says, this is from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it make, it maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You can also take this and basically just apply 
apply this principle to what we've just been talking about, that the strategies of the Lord, they will help you prosper and you will have no side effects. You see, one of the things that I am absolutely convinced about is this world is still operating in the realm of good and sometimes great ideas. But we've still not tapped into God ideas, God strategies, God companies. I, I don't think we have enough of those because we have so many side effects. It's almost like right now, every idea, even those that are valued at a billion, a billion dollars right now, even it, it, there's just so many side effects. Even if you look at the companies that have the highest uh, ma uh, market capitalization right now, market cap, companies that are valued over a trillion dollars. I mean, they have internal internal struggles. You know, their employees, a lot of the employees don't feel like they're paid enough. Uh, a lot of people believe that uh, they're shortchanging on labor. They, they are cutting backdoor deals. So there's all of this that is happening. There's all of this that is happening. And, and, and I believe it's because we are operating in the realm of good idea. And sometimes maybe we get great ideas, but we still haven't tapped into God ideas because as the scripture says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Basically, a good idea will have no side effects. I mean, it'll just work. Like you won't have employees inside saying, I'm not paid enough. Why is the top management getting all the money? You won't have people within the ecosystem of that vertical saying, well, uh, you're trying to put everybody out of business and you coming back and doing the same thing that we were doing. Like, like one of the things that I read about in scripture that really amazes me is that there's a point in time when uh, I believe it was David and some of the kings as well. So when they were king, it says that there was peace in the whole land. And it says everybody was sufficiently provided for. Everyone had a house. Everybody had something to eat in abundance. Everybody had their own vineyard. And if we were to extrapolate that to the context of today, that would be like having an economy today where everybody, like, it's a debt-free economy where the country or the government doesn't have, like, you know, is not, doesn't have, like, you know, $4 trillion in debt or that kind of junk. How is it possible that back then when people completely followed God's strategies, they were able to build self, fully self-sustaining economies whereby even the poorest people always had food, where there was not even anybody who was hungry going without food. It's possible. They were able to do it back then. But right now, during a century where we have the highest 
tech innovation we can possibly come up with right now that we've ever advanced as far as technology. And if we really feel that we're operating in the realm of great ideas, how is it that the economy has so much debt? There's so many side effects to the economy. Um, there's just so many things that are wrong today. And yet, we're supposed to be living in the most advanced time that we have ever gone through as humanity. For me, it doesn't make sense. The only answer to that is that we are still operating in a realm of good ideas and sometimes great ideas, but we haven't yet tapped into God ideas. And we see that Joseph was able to operate in this realm because he followed through with Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And you see this even, as I was saying, in the context of sports. You see quarterbacks do this. When they're on the field and they call a play, they hear from the offensive coordinator. I mean, a quarterback could go forth and, and call a play, but there's a reasons to why they listen to the offensive coordinator do you notice where the offensive coordinator is in the game? He's not inside the game. He's outside the game. Sometimes if you look at those stadiums, the offensive coordinator is higher up, even above the field. Why? Because he, he has a bird's eye view of everything that's happening on the field. So he's more he's in a better position to inform his quarterback that, hey, instead of going for play number three, as we had discussed in the film room, go for play number seven. And the quarterback, most times you'll see them change a play on the field because new information has just been revealed to the defensive coordinator who's communicated it down to the quarterback. This is how we go through life. In, in your own viewpoint, you have limited information. But if you acknowledge God's playbook, if you acknowledge God, he's able to give you a play that will guarantee you success, that will give you a better outcome. And we see this with Joseph. So I want you to take some time to think about this in the next few days. I want you to start thinking of yourself as a quarterback and saying, okay, God is my offensive coordinator. God has a better view of what's happening in this game. And so just start out, take some baby steps and, and just see and say, Lord, this is what I'm thinking about doing in this situation. What do you think? I'm getting better at it. And at first it feels really weird to almost run every decision by God and say, and, and not just, be doing things on your own. Like the first thing that comes to mind, you just go, you know, it, it's weird, but now it's getting more comfortable. And I think I prefer, I, not to think, I believe I prefer doing life this way. Now, as I said, there's a lot of things I'm also learning on the fly as I continue to decode a lot of things from this series, decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. But I'm, I'm telling you, even when, I'm going out just to do normal stuff, like going on a run and saying, um, and saying, Lord, this is what 
I've planned to do today. But what do you think? So basically, one of the other things that sometimes you should also think about is when you start out the day, write down everything that your brain is telling you. You need to do this. 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 Just speed out. Vomit out your to-do list. Because sometimes I feel like you wake up and there's so many things that you want to deal with. Even as a company, even at work, you want to do this. Just speed all of it out. And then step aside and say, God, what's the first thing that I really need to do on here? What's the most important thing? What's the thing that if I do on this to-do list, I'll have the most success? When I go to bed tonight, I'll feel the most accomplished. And that's the play to make. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, even if I had 20 things on my to-do list, and I do the one thing that God told me to do that, I go to bed so happy and saying, wow, I accomplished so much today. But guess what? I only did the one thing that God told me to do. Because God knows. He has a bad eye point of view, bird's eye view, as they call it. So I just want to wrap this up by saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not onto your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Once again, I want you to remember. There is a good idea. A great idea. But there is another realm called God idea. And that transcends all of that. There is your strategy. Your boss's strategy. Your wife's strategy. But there is God's strategy. If you walk according to Proverbs 3, 5, you will always operate in God's strategy, in God's ideas. And just like Joseph, you will have success in everything you do. Scripture says God is not a respect of persons. If he gave Joseph success in everything he did, God will give you success in everything that you do. I just want to end. I just want us to sell up at that point. Think about it, and I'll see you in the next episode. This was episode seven of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership Through the Life and Story of Joseph from the Book of Genesis. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring what are the unique character attributes compelled God to partner with Joseph. There seems to be a unique favor that was upon Joseph as he moved up the ranks in his master's house to becoming second in command. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Your power.